Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Simon Says Let's Talk Business 2.0. Now, here's your host, Gary Zermelin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Let's Talk Business 2.0 radio show. On this show, we talk with high-performing business professionals to sharpen our skills, learn new ideas and concepts, share best practices, and get to know really smart people. Listen carefully, take notes, and look for their contact information at the end so that you can engage with them. As always, we will conclude with a sales tip from me at the very end. And I'm really excited about having our guests today that we have. Um, we're going to be uh, having Andrew Clark here. We have Joel Thane here. Um, uh, we're, we're first going to start off with, with Joel uh, today with Integracom. And uh, so it, it's great to have you here. Uh, we're, we're great to have you on the show. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's great. You know, now, Integracom is, is, is reliable IT services. I That's mean, right. It looks like you're, you're, you manage IT uh, from cyber security to, to cloud services to network to uh, computers, even telephone systems. So That's right. you, you cover a lot of different things there. Um, but before we go into your business, Joel, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're the president, you're the owner of Integracom. And so tell us, about, first of all, a little bit about that name. You know, how did that come about? And sure. a little bit about how you got into it. Sure. So, yeah, so I grew up in South Georgia. Uh, so I'm a native Georgian, I'm not native to Atlanta. I moved here in 1988 to work for Electric Utility. I worked there 18 and a half years before I left to do my business full-time. So um, I've been married for 31 years to Karen, have three children, uh, two of the children work in the business with us, and um, we have a really, really good time. So um, Integracom, yeah, IT services. uh, Integracom is kind of a play on two words, integrity and communications. Uh, When I first started the company back in January of 2000, I primarily worked in the communications side of technology. Uh, over the years, though, it has changed and grown into more into um, com- computer technologies as well, you know, information technology and so on. So, yeah, so we're in our 23rd year. Um, wow. It's been a good ride and uh, really enjoy it, have a lot of fun, and we do uh, IT services for business. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, 23 years, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. And I'm just thinking, Joe, it's probably been a lot of change <laughs> in your world and, and since then. And so tell us, when did you get into it and what, what have you seen some of the developments and changes uh, since you started? Yeah, so again, started in January of 2000 and, and you know, almost all the technology has changed over 23 years, right? <laughs> so in the, uh, it's, it's become uh, much more advanced. And of course, t- with technology, it changes all the time. So that's part of uh, the fun of working in, a, in this industry is that you are always learning. You know, you need to always be learning, right? Either you're growing or you're dying. And so we do have a strong culture of learning in our organization. And, and we're always um, keeping up with new technology and how it can benefit our clients. But yeah, in the old days, you know, you had more analog type systems, um, mm-hmm. you know, more um, physical mechanical connections, whereas today it's more virtual, more cloud oriented and uh, security, of course. Uh, is is a key thing now uh, that have, we have to be aware of. Uh, in the early days, you know, we were less connected or interconnected together. Uh, now the internet's got us all tied together, which uh, you know adds a whole good lot or bad. More. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> it's, it has both good and bad. That's right. So yeah, so we have to watch out for all that. Yeah, you know, I'm always curious. You know, when a company's been around that long and been as successful as yours, I'm always wondering. I mean, you have a lot of competitors, right? I mean, you're not yes. the only one in your lane. So what are you doing that makes you stand out that people uh, continue to do business with you, you must be doing something right. Yeah, there are a lot of companies that do what we do, and there are a lot of really good 
companies and good people, smart people out there that do this, this type of work. And, um, as far as what makes us different, you know, that's, that's a good question. We ask our clients that, why did you choose us? Yeah. Why are you using us versus uh, others that are in this area? And there's three things that, that bubble to the top in that conversation. The first one is our uh, expertise in security. You know, we're deep security experts and we understand security at a really deep level. And, and you know, I have a background working in, in um, corporate enterprise and understanding enterprise technology, but also how to apply that to small business in an effective and affordable way. So that's the number one thing to come up with our, our knowledge around security and how to apply it to small business. Um, the second one is our, um, uh, uh, we provide a quick and consistent response, right? So I think that's a key for our industry is that we're providing a really good response, right? There's, if, if a small business has a technology problem, you know, it could be, if we don't get back to them for a couple of days, that really affects them for, for that, right? It makes, if they, especially if they make their money by, by using the computers and they're getting paid by the hour or, or billing by the hour, then those things being down is, is tough. So anyway, we feel that that's an important role for us to do is, is, is to provide quick and consistent response, and we talk about that inter- internally all the time. We really, really focus on that. And the third thing that came up as far as our clients and why they use us is because of the relationship side of thing, right? So we develop friendly and loyal relationships with our clients, and over time, and we know that's something that's earned and not uh, – um, you know, you don't get right away. You earn that over time by providing uh, very reliable IT services, right? So that's what we do, and we've got really good uh, relationships with the clients. Many of them are our friends, right? So we have a really, really good relationship with them. Yeah, I know that would certainly be important to me. If I'm having a problem with my computer, uh, at least what happens, everything shuts down. You almost can't do business. You, right. you almost go, well, go to the beach, go for a walk. I mean, you can't do anything. And that would be very frustrating if you can't get hold of your IT services. Um, even an hour can cost you you know, thousands of dollars potentially, and maybe may the whole company can't work. Uh, right. So I think that's that's awesome that you're able to get back to them quickly and have that fast, that real fast response rate. Uh, you know, what's kind of interesting too is, you know, I'm always curious too, you know, there's there's values that, that, that some companies have that they pick out and that they follow those values. Uh, curious, uh, what are some of the values that you have for Integracom? Yeah, so we do have, uh, we've, We've spent a lot of time focusing focusing on that, maybe not as much in the beginning, but over time realize how important that is as you build a team, is that you've got a team that, that shares common values and that the values are are, are real and, they're, and you're living them out in your organization. And so we do have core uh, values, that, uh, four, core vi- four core values that we, uh, when we go to hire, like for example, we understand that this is what we're looking for, right? Uh, core values are things that you really maybe not, can't teach so much, but you can find the people that fit those. And the mm-hmm. people that don't fit those, it doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just that maybe they're not the best not, fit not for us, right? right? Mm-hmm. So our four core values, so number one is selfless for our clients and each other. So all that means is that we're there for our clients in a selfless way. Um, if we get a call at 445 on a Friday that there's a security breach, um, it's not like, well, we'll call you Monday. It's time to go for the weekend. No, it's like, okay, we we've got to jump on that right away. It's an issue. It's critical. And then likewise on the selfless for each other, as far as employees within the organization that we're there for each other, maybe someone has to go to their daughter's birthday party that, that same Friday. And so somebody else is going to be willing to step forward and take that call and take care of that client. Right. So that's the, that's that part. Um, so selfless for our clients and each other. This is one of our core values. Another one is, um, is uh, relentless at improving. So um, I mentioned earlier, we have a learning culture, in our organization, and we are spend a lot of time on that and making sure that we're always growing. 
either going or you're dying. And so we, we do put a lot of incentive around that of people learning and growing uh, technically, of course, yes, but also personally. So that's a, that's a key core value for us as well. So another one is um, joyfully doing the right thing regardless. Mm. So the core of that is doing the right thing, which, you and know. It's interesting you get the word joyful. Yeah, yeah the joyful yeah, part, yeah. 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 So it's yeah. different then, than doing then, something yeah. right be- begrudgingly. It's like yeah. doing it joyfully, right? So <laughs> if it's the right thing, we want to have the right attitude towards it, right? And regardless means that we're going to do that right thing no matter what it does to us, what it means to us financially. It may not be the most profitable thing. It doesn't matter if it's the right thing. Really, it's going to be the probably the best thing, long-term profitability-wise anyway. So anyway, uh, so that's a, another core value of ours. So um, so we got re- uh, selfless for clients and each other, relentless and improving, uh, joyfully doing the right thing regardless. And there is one more. Um, it is called uh, professional unassuming confidence. You know, a lot of times IT people have that reputation of being sort of cocky and arrogant and maybe speaking above your head. You don't know what they're talking about. We don't, we don't want to be that way, right? So we want to be uh, professional in all that we do in our, in our performance, in our, in our speech, and, you know, however we present ourselves, it's also always needs just to be Just give me layman's terms. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, please. Just, yes. Yeah. And we also want to have confidence that we can fix the problem, that we can take care of our clients' issues, set them in ease. But we don't want to be arrogant or cocky. We want to have a measure of humility around that, right? So... That's that. What that's that's what that one means. Professional unassuming confidence. So those are those are four four core values. Yeah, I, I think those are fantastic, and I think you made a point which I find is a very good one. Is that it's you need to find the people that yes. fit those, and that you're hiring yes to those values. And I think that's that's a really big deal because if you were to bring someone on that didn't have those, it's just even though they may know what they're doing, uh, tech, they may have the technical ability and everything else, it's still not a good fit because they got to have those other values, which is interesting. Yes, it is definitely more than having the technical ability to be a good fit, right? So uh, I have learned that over time, but yeah, you got to have that, that first part has to fit first. You can teach the technical, right? That's right. And so, yeah, it's so, so important. I've learned that over the years. It's so important. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, you know, uh, what's your vision for the company and maybe, uh, five years, 10 years, uh, if you thought about that? I, I have. Um, so those, th- you know, when I started the company, I wasn't thinking like this, right? So I was thinking, okay, um, I'm, I'm gonna, it was a hobby. I'm having fun. Oh, that's nothing better. That was, I was told that many years yeah. ago. The best thing you do is find a hobby and make a living doing yeah. it. So you <laughs> yes. did it. That's awesome. So I mentioned I have three children, right? And, it, and it, this was not the plan. I, I, I never uh, talked to my children about, hey, you need to come work for my company, right? Uh, but two of them are, have decided to do that, and they're there. So now that's sort of my, my motivation now or is, um, you know, passing the baton, if you will, right? So that's kind of the vision going forward is to continue to develop the business in a way that they can continue to develop it themselves and develop themselves within the business and continue to grow and serve our clients. Yeah, so that's exciting, kind of a legacy that can continue. Um, has that been a little bit formidable for them, or, or are they excited about it, or uh, w- what's their thoughts? And Yeah, so um, like I mentioned, it wasn't something that I was pressuring them to do. It wasn't my strategy or anything, but that's just the way it turned out. And so they are, they're, they're, they're very happy about it. They, en- they enjoy working there, and they do extremely well. Um, they've been able to take a lot off of my shoulders, which has been really nice, and they're growing as, as uh, people. They're growing in the company, and... Um, business-wise, technical you know, abilities as well. And so it's just, as a father, it's really wonderful to watch that happen, right, and see them grow and, uh, and work together. And so it's a lot of fun, yeah. Well, they're very lucky to have you. I know you'd be excellent at being that mentor for them and, and all of that. Having that succession makes you sleep a little bit better at night as well. 
and you know they're going to be carrying those values with them, That's uh, which is an awesome thing to have as well. Um, I guess a different question is, let's say I'm of a company. I mean, what, what, what are you finding right now uh, the biggest challenge that companies are having with IT? Uh, is it security? I mean, we got wars going on, and, and there's all those uh, type of IT wars, if you will, hacking and stuff like that. Is it that, or is there something else? Well, it is. It, um, I would say security is always a challenge, and it's something we always have to help our clients with to make sure that they're um, protected and uh, another thing that has happened, of course, with the past few years and what's going on is, is uh, you know, historically, most workforce was within a wall, in a building, behind a security device. Now your people are all over the place. Mm. You've got a decentralized workforce. And so then how do you make them two things, secure and productive? You know, what is the technology you can use to, to so they can properly communicate and collaborate together? Uh, how can you have them all over the world in different places, in their home offices or wherever, and yet still be secure being able to communicate, share files and information with each other in a secure way. So that's probably also. Yeah, that's a new big challenge. And more and more people are you know, working from home and, like you said, from all over the world. And that does pose a whole new challenge. And um, you're only as strong as your weakest link. That's right. So <laughs> that's the other thing. It only takes one person yes. and they hit the wrong right. link. Right. So security is so important. There's so many different levels of security. And there's different. Um, you want to have a multi-layered approach. You want to have secure and, and all these different. You've got people also not only working from home, but then they're accessing applications in the cloud all over the place themselves, right? And then they may be accessing things in an office uh, remotely as well, but a lot of times it's just all over the place, right? It's in the cloud, whatever. So how do you keep all that together, working together, keeping your employees productive and and secure and the data secure? Yeah, I used to think that, okay, I put all my files up in the cloud, and I figured now that's safe. I don't have to worry if something happens to my computer. It's going to be in a really safe place up there in that cloud. Is it? (laughs) <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, you know, you got to secure the cloud as well. So okay. it's like, the, how much are you trusting the cloud? Uh, what is the cloud? Is it private? Is it public? There's a lot of questions there. But yeah, there are things you need to do to keep it secure and backed up as well, even if it's in the cloud. Oh, looks like I better go back and ask some questions. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> so that's great. Joel, why don't you share with us um, your, your contact information, if you will, if you, you have a phone number, if someone wanted to reach out to you sure. or an email or a website. So our phone number is 678-507-0700. And, um, you know, our website is reliableitservices.com. And you can reach us either way. Uh, my email address is jthane at integracom.net. Um, so any of those are ways to reach me. Feel free to reach out at any time. Well, it sounds like you would be an excellent person to reach out to. Uh, I would say any company that has those values and puts the customer first and all of that is it's why you've been around for all those years, over 23 years. It makes all, all the sense in the world. Joel, thank you so much for thank being you. here on our show. It's nice today. to be here. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, thank it's you. a pleasure. You bet. Uh, okay, so you know the fun is just uh, getting started here. We also have uh, Andrew Clark here as well with Digital Height Atlanta. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so before we get started with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your world. Yeah, so much... I'm also not from Atlanta originally. Um, I'm from Southern Maine, but really for the last six, seven years, I was living between Nicaragua and Peru. So I lived for a number of years in the Amazon doing digital marketing specifically with nonprofits, building their websites, fundraising, things of that nature. And then because of COVID, like a lot of other people, I kind of found myself having to switch up my plan. So that brought me back to the States. And then I think like maybe most guys, they follow a girl or a partner 
So I ended up here in Atlanta and I've been here for two years and I started uh, Height Digital Atlanta with a friend. And yeah, it's been going great so far. So, so just let the, the, the guests kind of know uh, Height Digital, some of the things that it does. So uh, they do a lot of stuff, but they, they help with, uh, if you need a new website, they can help with that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get a good SEO, uh, which by the way, if you don't know what that means, where you're showing up on the Google page, yep. um, and we know that's extremely important. Um, and also uh, Google ads, social media, mm-hmm. uh, we've got all that going. It's pretty much the digital marketing that you need to be successful as a company. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I find myself more nowadays acting as a business consultant. So anything from branding, logos, messaging, when people are looking for starting that business, but also making sure that the entire story, not just from the website and the branding, but that connects with the the ads and then the actual product itself. So sort of all of it. That's what I've seen myself doing. But yeah, so we do a lot of yeah. all the digital side, really. Yeah, that's that's complicated now yeah. uh, because it's, it's so many different <laughs> digital social medias and all that. How how do we even keep all that integrated? I mean, that 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 is kind of complex i think the number one way is if you're going to do it yourself that is extremely difficult you really have to work with someone that can help you keep all of these things in line because we have the tools and the ability to make sure that everything is coherent in a cohesive story as well because if you have your linkedin or your instagram is different are using different sort of colors and all of these things compared to your ads or your website then there's going to be a clash of story when people are oh, yeah. um continuing along or finding you or if they see something when i think of uh force of radio x before i was on the show i just knew the big x the big x on the all the postings and the radio and i never necessarily knew the name i just knew radio x and then that's it all sticks together it's all very cohesive it needs to be consistent amongst all those medias and all that and how important is social media to these days as far as companies and businesses well i think it's 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 extremely important but i would say even after covid website a lot of people still over are overlooking their website it's not optimized in the best way a lot of people don't realize the science behind it so for example on a website the eye naturally moves in a z shape z shape formation going from left to right and then back down across and then back over. So you really want to make sure you have like those call to actions, a phone number, something at the top right hand. You want to make sure that people are using your website in a proper way. So I would say that is the most important thing. And then after that, the content that you have on your website and then social media is also important, but you can't, it'd be like building a house. If the foundation isn't built properly, Mm what is the point of having a killer social media if you're driving them to your website and at the end of the day, they're not converting. So you're only strong as your weakest link yep. again. <laughs> All of that. Uh, what, you know, as far as you know, doing websites and, and this, what's some of the biggest challenges that companies have and they come to you to help with? I would say that, again, going on the design but not understanding what their intent is. So when someone goes to your website, what do you want them to do? If you don't know that, how are you going to drive a customer to your website? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to leave an email? You have to have the end goal in mind while you're building it. Um, And then the second thing I would say is not having it optimized properly. So not having the right amount of content, you know, keywords, et cetera. Because at the end of the day, if you're not showing up on Google as well, I have a, Gary, you probably have heard this before, my cheesy joke. I love it. But where's the best place to bury a dead body? Where? 
I'll let the people guess a little bit, but it's on the second page of Google. Yeah. So 90% yeah. of all of the traffic <laughs> and clicks and business that happens on Google is on the top half of that first page. So if you're not there when people, when your client is looking for you, you've spent all of that money on your website, your social media marketing, if you're not showing up, your competitors are going to pick them up before you. Mm. So I feel that is probably the number one thing that people are overlooking, the design of the website, and then after that, the actual content and the optimization. And then I would say the social media, and depending on the strategy, it could be social media, it could be ads. Those are kind of like the third and fourth thing down the line. Yeah, I like that too. You're, you're looking for an action. You want people to do something. Mm-hmm. And you don't want them just to read it. You know, you want to either get, get a sale, get an appointment or whatever it is, and yeah. you design around that. So that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I would say, like, for example, when you go on a website, how long – do you stay on that website for? I'm embarrassed. I don't spend a lot of time. So we find most people are, aren't reading websites anymore. They're just scanning. Interesting. And they're probably on that first home page. They probably aren't staying They on my phone. I probably go into the website and I just stay there. And then I'll see what it is and I'll just like click on whatever and it calls. So you got to get them in seconds then. That's what we find in most cases, specifically if you're working in a roofing industry or if you're like a plumber, for example, and you have um, stuff coming out of your toilet in the middle of the night, you're not necessarily doing the research on if they're, if they're a, like a good company, you just want to get someone to fix it yeah. immediately. So you're going to go on the website and then call them and then just get the information. Wow. That's interesting. What are some of the differences that you see between like traditional marketing, uh, versus mm. like digital marketing or is there a difference? I th- there is a big difference. So if you're driving down the highway here, if I'm going from Gwinnett down to Atlanta, how many billboards do we see across the highway? And then at the end of the day, if there if it's a Coke billboard, how many people bought Coke just because of that billboard? How many are you able to translate exactly how many sales mm-hmm. came from that billboard to the actual sales number? So at the end of the day with digital marketing, we're able to track everything. Mm-hmm. I'm able to see how much money I spent, how many phone calls I got, what exact words brought in that phone call. I can see how people are interacting with my website through different, um, you probably work with this, the hot, hot jar or the mapping, like the heat maps on websites. So there's things like that. There's, you can track almost everything. So you're able to see exactly the effort that you're putting forward and then put a dollar or some sort of con- number behind it to make sure that your things are going in the right direction. I really like that because that was always the more difficult thing about yeah. marketing uh, when I was studying it in school and all that is it's harder to determine even if it's being successful, but that's not the case anymore. We can get some of that data. We can get some of those analytics and you help with that. So when they're doing all of these things, they can meet with you periodically and see, mm-hmm. okay, is this working? Is it not? Or maybe we should be investing it in a different way or a different platform. Yep. And I think that goes between both of us, both Joel and myself, where communication is key. Where I try to meet with my clients, sometimes they're like, Andrew, like, be quiet, because I can be a talker. So they, <laughs> they say, I don't need to talk with you every two weeks. Let's just meet once a month. Mm-hmm. But being able to, so I can give someone a, a ton of phone calls, but then at the end of the day, if they're not relevant or good phone calls, leads for them to close, then I might as well be throwing the money down the trash as well. Mm-hmm. So the idea is making sure to stay in contact with the client to make sure that the leads that we are getting them are relevant, are successful, that they can close them and kind of working in that format as well. Cause at the end of the day, you want to make sure that they're actually making money. Yeah. I like that. It's not just working hard. It's working smart. And that would be an example of that. Mm-hmm. We got to make, you can get all the leads in the world, but yep. if it's not your target market, uh, that's a problem. Yep. Um, but you can 
kind of vet that out and then be able to remedy that if that's the case. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. One more question. You're just kind of curious, you know, social media versus organic. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So that's a good question. I think nowadays, specifically after COVID, everyone's talking about TikTok, about Facebook, about Instagram and the ads. When you go to Google, you're going there with a question. You're going there with an intent. So when you're searching, if again, if I'm using my plumber, if I have a hole in my roof or, uh, the toilet's broken. I'm going there. Plumber near me. How to fix my roof? How to fix my toilet? I'm going there with a specific question in mind. Facebook is more of an awareness thing, where I'm not going to Facebook to find my plumber, my roofer, some sort of company. So they have two different com- strategies behind them. Facebook, you're really trying to just generate awareness and trying to target that that audience, and you're just t- dropping the hints. Constantly, probably like all the ads that we all hate to see from Amazon, from Facebook, et cetera. But on organic, you want, it's a verb now. You Google something, you know? So yeah. you're, we're always Googling. If I'm looking for um, IT help, I Google IT company in Atlanta, IT company that can do X, Y, Z. And then I want my company to be there at the top of Google. Uh, how do you get there though? I mean, is, is it a simple thing or I've heard it's pretty complex to get there uh, how do you help someone get it to is that? complex just mostly because it's changing so frequently huh. the laws regulations are starting to catch up with the digital world so those are changing frequently and then it's a lot of things on the back end and then writing content making sure that you're constantly putting out the right keywords huh. and things of that nature a lot of people don't realize too that google can now opt google pushes your website forward based off of how it looks on a mobile device. Okay. So if it's not mobile responsive, then that right there puts you at a at a disadvantage before. And it's like if you're not aware of that, if you don't know how you, how to optimize for that, then your website's going to be hurting. You're going to end up on that second page in the graveyard with the rest of the websites. Because at the end of the day, like when I'm searching for something, if I don't find on that top three, yeah, I'm not going to. The- I I for whatever reason, it's I go back and I research my question. I'm not even going onto the second page. I just, if I'm looking for that roofer again, if I don't find what I'm looking for, I'll just retype the question a different way and then I'll redo the search. And sometimes I'll do that four or five times. Yeah, I think a lot of us do that. Yeah, um, so that's where organic and social, I don't think one is more important the, uh, than the other, but they have to work together. I always try to partner them together. So that way you're doing the social and that way when someone finds you on Facebook or whatever and they start seeing those little hints, of whatever service your customer you're going for, then they go to Google to find to actually find you, because they may not remember your name because it's it's sort of like an uh, the billboard of the internet. You want to be sh- showing up everywhere on Google when they are looking for you. Yeah, yeah, a constant little reminder, a little ding that takes them from the back <laughs> of their mind to the front. We yep. need to be always doing that. Yeah, this stuff sounds technical. It sounds complex. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I'd rather have you do it than me try to figure it out on my own. Let's just put it that way. And that's what we're all about: <laughs> trying to simplify the complexity. And just, I would rather have people going to barbecues, spending time with their family out of the office, so that way they're not going to as many networking events, as much as I'm a fan of them, since that's how I met you, Gary. But at the end of the day, yeah. we want to be working less and and just seeing our business grow. So if I'm able to do that, get people more business and better business, and then they can spend less time actually in the office, that's that's a win for me. Yeah, we, we need to hire the professionals. <laughs> uh, like. Joel and yourself to, to come in there and do that so we can run our businesses uh, optimally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go, Andrew, one more time, you know, Andrew Clark, Hike Digital Atlanta. Uh, yep. What's a great way for them to call you, email you, or get in contact so with So I you? would say find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm very active on both. You can find me, Andrew J. Clark. Um, and then my phone number is 404-960-0502. And my email is aclark at heightdigital.com. And that's height as in H-I-T-E, not height as in actual height like as a person but that way they'll they'll show up on their first page if <laughs> yeah if you google height digital land i'll be right there yeah i'm sure you will thank you so much both of you for being on the show today it was fantastic i learned a lot of great things and i can see why both of you are so successful and will continue to be and uh, it's great to have you in atlanta helping all of these businesses uh, thrive thank you thank you gary thanks gary you bet. Uh, and now we have a sales one, two, three with Gary Z. So, you know, kind of give you a, a little bit of background on this. Uh, this is where we have someone, uh, one of our radio listeners, write in on a sales question or challenge uh, they're facing. And I give uh, some tips on how they can overcome uh, that challenge. Uh, so we, we did get one. Uh, last week, and this was from Jeremy, and he says, uh, Dear Gary, uh, I set up an appointment only to find them to not show up. Is there a way to stop them from uh, ghosting me like that? Uh, Jeremy, I, I understand your frustration with that. That's not a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, being uh, stood up on a date or something like that. It's, it's not a great feeling when that happens. And I can't give you uh, advice that's 100%, Jeremy, but I can give you some tools right now to help you be far more effective in getting those appointments and not being ghosted. Um, by the way, ghosted just means you're not showing up. It actually stand, started with the Spanish flu many, 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 many years ago. Uh, people would go to see a friend or relative, and uh, they weren't living anymore. They had a pandemic, you know, like that. And so they said, I just got ghosted. And so now that has been uh, translated into in the sales, and we use it in a different way. Uh, it's not because they're dead. It's just because, well, they didn't show up. Uh, so a couple of things that we can do here, uh, Jeremy, is one, when you get the appointment and you say, hey, you know, we, we pull out our calendars. It's two o'clock for Friday. Um, I used to say, great, I'll send you the invite. They say, fine. And that would have been it. And I've been like, yeah, got the appointment. Uh, we really need to spend a little bit more time at that point. Uh, we don't want to be running off and, and uh, we need to ask a few more questions. And this is some of the things that could do to help us. One of them is be this. It's like, okay, great. I got, we have this meeting for two o'clock on Friday. Um, you wouldn't by any chance of an appointment at maybe 1 o'clock or one thirty. That might be running over. And uh, that sometimes they do. And they go, oh, I didn't think about that. And they'll look at, oh, yeah, that meeting usually does run over. Uh, so you know if that would have happened, you would have been ghosted. Uh, so we can say, hey, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we meet, you know, at 2.15 or 2.30 or at a time where that, if it does run over, we can still meet up. Uh, and they'll say, oh, sure, we can do that. Um, Another technique which I like to use when you get an appointment is, is, are we penciling this in or is this going to be, you know, done in permanent marker? (laughs) And it's kind of interesting to see what they say. If they say, well, it's it's probably be a pencil in, um, uh uh-oh, that's probably a good sign that they're going to ghost you. So I may spend a little more, well, why is that? Is, Is it not a good day? Do we need to schedule another day or time that might be more ironclad for this meeting? Um, another thing that you can always say too, which is not a bad one, you know, short of a family emergency, um, I'm going to be there for that meeting at two o'clock. Uh, now let's say I get hold of you and, uh, you're not there. Uh, what should I do? 
uh, what would you be most comfortable having me do? Uh, should I text you? Should I email you? Um, and they may say that, yeah, text me. I just as a reminder. Uh, they may also say, no, no, you don't need to do any of those things. I, I will be there for that meeting. But see, we're spending time on making sure that that phone call or meeting is going to take place. So the chances of it now getting ghosted goes down dramatically because they've made some or a number of promises to you that they're going to be there. And we all want to be people of our word. We want to hold our promises. Uh, and he's done it verbally uh, in, in front of you. So some techniques, Jeremy. I hope this helps you going forward. And uh, thank you for uh, writing in that uh, question for me today. This is Gary Z uh, again with Let's Talk Business 2.0 radio show. <laughs> 